Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. It was exactly, precisely on the nose 14 hours ago where a press conference in Southern California started and the sports world stopped. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. We've been talking the first half of the show mostly about Tiger Woods, and that conversation will continue now. The absolute very latest for those of you just sort of getting up here on the East Coast, getting your day started. Tiger, multiple open fractures to his right leg, a rod placed in his tibia, screws and pins inserted into his ankle during emergency surgery at the Harbor UCLA Medical Center in Torrance, California, about nine or so, nine to ten miles northeast of the crash site. This all according to Dr. Anish Maharaj, and a statement said that Woods is, quote, currently awake, responsive, and recovering in his hospital room. Fellas, just want to get your thoughts. Jay, let's start with you. Obviously, personal experience, catastrophic leg injury. Hearing everything that you have and hearing everything you have heard through the first two hours of the program, your thoughts here on a transcendent sports star once again in the next evolution of what has been a very, very painful and public chronicling of his professional and personal life. My brain goes to two places very quickly. Number one is... I'm extremely relieved that Tiger Woods is okay and alive. From personal experience in these type of things, I'm sure, you know, not that I can tell you what Tiger Woods is thinking, but, you know, when you wake up from one of these accents, you think, damn it. Like, what? Like, I was, you know, about to come back and play again. Now I have to deal with this. Um, There's a lot of that mental agony about will I play again for a guy who, has lived his life in front of the camera playing a sport that he's loved. Then you identify the sport with who you are. You naturally do it. Um, and for that, I know that has to be very painful for him to go through. It's the physical aspect is something that it might take a while to work through physical therapy and to get back to a certain point. But the, the mental side of this is so much deeper guys. And it's scar tissue that you have to constantly cut through because look, it's been chronicled the challenges that Tiger has had and now going on having coming off his fifth back surgery to now have to deal with a metal rod in your right leg and a shattered ankle pins uh, that are inserted in different parts of your body for a guy that has changed his, his swing so many times to the torque and the velocity that he had with that swing. It's going to take a long time for that to come back or, you know, will he be, and he'll constantly be, we will constantly be comparing, if he does get back to the course, what his swing is to what his swing used to be. But also for him, you're always going to be comparing what was to what is and how you deal with that. I just hope that Tiger will also find solace in the fact that being able to walk again and being able to spend time with his family, at the end of the day, that's the most meaningful thing you can ask for. We will always try to talk about sports and 15 majors and what could have happened if he were able to catch you know, Jack Nicholas at 18 majors. But the most important thing is that Tiger Woods is still here and he still gets a chance to spend time with his kids. And that last memory that we have, Zubin, of him hugging his son after winning the Masters. Like, look, man, if, I hope he can come back and play and I hope he, whatever he wants to do. But that's, that's a hell of a memory to hold on to with your last memory of playing golf, if it is the last memory you have. There's no doubt. A couple of other interesting numbers. You bring the 18, the holy grail for Tiger growing up with Jack Nicklaus on the wall, trying to get there at 15. 
The other important numbers to break through, 13 and 12, the ages of his kids. His daughter, Sam, is 13. His son, Charlie, just turned 12, actually, earlier this month, February 8th. Belated happy birthday, and you saw how happy Tiger was when he was playing with his son out in December. And if you're watching on television, the embrace with his son after he won the Masters in the greatest comeback story sports has ever seen. So if we've seen that, the comeback again for Tiger, certainly worth having the conversation about because he has come back from incredible odds before we're all over it you saw the coverage on sports center yesterday we've been talking about it this morning and when we're done you're on the go bust out the iphone and check out the espn daily podcast this morning as you know tigers crash on the scene was ramona shelburne she'll bring us the latest from her reporting she will talk to pablo estori who is the host of the show and then just a little bit more of a conversation about tiger going a little deeper with espn's lauren stowell about the documentary on tiger america's son she re-examines tiger mania when he won that first Masters in 97 by 12 strokes, and he went to being a household name for sports fans to being simply Tiger for all mm. Americans, and that only grew after that win in 1997. Race, history, maybe wasn't seen as diligently back then in the lens of that win, but today it is certainly bearing fruit in 2021 when you think about it with where we are as a country. America's son, if you're interested, can be screened on ESPN+. Plus. So plenty of ways to go. ESPN+, Plus for the documentary, podcast, anywhere you get them. I want to hear from Carlos Gonzalez, L.A. County Sheriff's Deputy, one of the first responders on the scene. Make note that at least two of the three people at the press conference, including Mr. Gonzalez, said this could have been a fatal crash. Tiger Woods is a very lucky man. In my experience as a deputy who is traffic trained and works a traffic car, um, I have seen many collisions. The The nature of his vehicle, the fact that he was wearing a seatbelt, um, I, I would say that it greatly increased the likelihood that it saved his life. Is this the worst accident you've seen on that stretch? I will say no, because I've been doing this for a while and I've seen fatal traffic collisions. So um, I will say that it's very fortunate that Mr. Woods um, was able to uh, come out of this alive. Yeah, the deputy is correct about the particular area. Um, That stretch of of street there, Hartham Boulevard, coming out of uh, Palos Verdes and and Rolling Hills Estates is is, is a, a, a steep, decline as you're going down uh Hartdown Boulevard and and so I could see where you know whatever whatever it was losing control and rolling into the terrain right there you could totally see it if you're from the area or you're familiar with the area because a lot of times that early in the morning you get a little bit of the marine layer coming over from the ocean so the, the roads could be a little bit of slickness it could have a little bit of fog going on and so when you think about it you sit there and you hear heard about it. When I first learned the street, you know, I was like, I kind of know the area. And I was sitting there saying to myself, whether he was going 30 miles an hour or, or 60 miles an hour, whatever mile per hour he was going, going down that slope, you pick up traction in a heartbeat. So it's a, it's a windy, hilly road in that entire area. But, again, as Jay uh, astutely said, we're glad that he is alive, that we don't have to deal with that part of it. Uh, uh, golf will take care of itself, right? Mm-hmm. We we obviously would love to see him back playing, but if for some reason he can't recover to form with the back injury and now his legs, so be it. He can play, he can play with his kids. That's all I care about. Next word from Tony Finau, who is one of the best golfers on the PGA Tour. He said something that I think a lot of people thought when they saw the car. I saw the condition of his car, and for me, it was just you just hope that he's okay. You know, that's the biggest 
reaction really um a little a little bit of shock you know it's something crazy happened to our sports world last year with with Kobe so you know I wouldn't say that dramatic of uh, feelings but man you just you, you just hope Tiger's all right you know and we all know he's a strong cookie physically mentally so if he's if someone's going to get through this he will and and be back for the better I'm sure but uh you know our thoughts and prayers I'm sure as a whole all the players I can speak on their behalf are with Tiger you, you, Tony's right, though, when we first hear the news and you hear a car crash or you see a picture or a shot, yeah. and the first thing that comes to mind is Kobe Bryant. The aerial footage. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it exactly. com- that comes to mind. But then once you learn, okay, he was transported to a hospital, there's going to be emergency surgery on the legs. Mm-hmm. Then at that point you're like, okay, we, it, it may turn out to be better than what the Kobe Bryant situation turned out to be. It just feels like there's so many. I hope he's okay, man. Um, and I know I, I know that he's coming out of it, but you know the 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 aftermath of this is also very challenging. Dealing with all the questions and shoot, half the time you don't have any of the answers. You don't know what the answers are. Um, but you know you're dealing with the questions and and people trying to get in contact and uh, the amount of attention around this key. Like that's always the part that's hard for. For a guy like Tiger, I mean, he's always – and Zubin, we talked about this, what was it, three weeks ago when you and I were watching a documentary and you're like, man, the amount of t- attention around Tiger all the time mm-hmm. is just tiring. It's tiring. Now, ramp that up times 20 because of this. Um, you know, Tiger has to find time, and I hope that everybody can just be as respectful to allow him to have time with his family and allow him to kind of navigate this uncharted water um, as respectfully as possible. And I think for the most part, you will have the respect of everyone in the beginning stages of all these sort of things. And you mentioned having all the attention. Tiger's been used to attention for however many years before Stanford. And when he came onto the circuit as a little boy playing golf, the attention was there. So if anybody can handle the stress of the attention and people trying to dig into his private life and his trash can and try to figure out why and what, because that's coming. That's just the, that's just the way the media operates. At some point they get over the fact that he has surgery. He's now in full recovery. And now here we go. What's that, the story? When will know, he play again? What's what, going on? You know what's how it is. The story? When we, will he play again? What's up with the investigation? Why did this happen? How did this happen? They start to know why they want to know why and how. That's the that that's the next phase of the Tiger Woods accident situation. Last couple things I'll say. One postscript here on Kobe Bryant as it pertains to the conversation that Tony Finau brought up a year ago today was actually Kobe's memorial service, 224, February 24th. Gigi's number two and, of course, Kobe's 24. And the last thing I would say is to you guys' point, I mean, look, Tiger Woods was hitting golf balls on the Mike Douglas show when he was two years old. He's 45 now. We have publicly gone through his trials, his tribulations, and, of course, his triumphs. And there have been a lot of each. And it's tough to basically go through your entire life, more or less, with everything chronicled, especially, as Jay said, with the scrutiny in the world that we live in today when all he's trying to do is probably be a dad and play a little bit of golf. Can you at least give him that? Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Tune out the nonsense. Tune into Straight Talk. Offering the Samsung Galaxy A51 for $199 and $45 unlimited talk, text, and data plans. No contract on America's Best Networks. Let's bring in Bart Scott, host of Barton Han ESPN Radio, weekdays noon to 2 Eastern, streaming on ESPN+. Plus, all right, Bart, 
Um, we've kind of had a little bit of fun here in the NFL because it's the offseason. It's speculation. It's going wild. We've had a little bit of a game that we're playing called Best Case, Worst Case, which I think is self-explanatory, like many of our games, like, you know, fill in the blank, all that stuff. You don't need to know the deal. So today's Best Case, Worst Case is a franchise that you played for. Let's start because I'm a positive guy. Let's start your Best Case Scenario for your old squad, the Jets this offseason would be? Uh, my best case scenario is for the Jets to land a talented Pro Bowl, under 25-year-old, talented football player. And that player isn't Deshaun Watson like everybody's saying and wishing and hoping. For me, it is Orlando Brown Jr. Because mm-hmm. guess what? If you build it, they will come. And if you have a great offensive line to pair him with Makai Becton, and you can get him for maybe that 34th overall pick to the Ravens, which is pretty much a first-round draft pick, that allows you to build a great wall. And I don't, I don't mind moving Makai Becton, who's played right tackle in this league. He's a heavy-handed, big, you know, heavy guy that can set the run and let Orlando Brown play on the left side. When is it ever? a young, talented left tackle available at 24 years old that's already been to the Pro Bowl twice, which allows you to go out and get a Brandon Sheriff or Joe Tooney, and now all of a sudden the Jets have a great line no matter who's at quarterback. And guess what? I think that the Houston Texans are going to – Buckle down and have a staring contest with Deshaun Watson. But if you move down from two and maybe move to eight and allow the Panthers or allow the Broncos to move up to get whoever they think deem is a franchise quarterback, guess what you're going to get in return? You're going to get another first-round draft pick, and then when you finish with the staring contest with Deshaun Watson, guess what you have? Exactly what the Texans have been asking for, a 2022 three first-round draft picks to get there, and then now the, the rebuild is complete. What's the worst-case scenario? Worst-case scenario is that you either reach for one of these quarterbacks and and they're not better than Sam Darnold, and you're right back where you started. You're on the hamster wheel running in place, and nobody wants to come join your team because they don't respect who's underneath the center. Bart, what do you make of all the smoke about how how much teams love Zach Wilson? Listen – we, we've heard a lot of teams love Sam Darnold. We still have an incomplete picture. I think like most um, young quarterbacks, it depends on where they go. How many times have we heard this, whether it was RG3, whether it was Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota? And, you know, sometimes when you have these one-hit wonders, not to say that those guys were because we had had a, a, a huge sample size from them. But, listen, I don't trust um, when some guy comes from a small school. You know, I think it's hit or miss. It's a crapshoot. And I think we know more about Sam Darnold than what we know about Zach Wilson and some of these other prospects, especially when you've done it on a one-year stage and we don't have a full, a full, a full sample size. You have to question the, the talent in which he played against. Well, you got a full sample size of Ben Roethlisberger having competed against him on yeah, multiple man. teams that you've been on. What is it in, in your thinking, in the Pittsburgh Steelers thinking, that Ben will return for his 18th season as a Steeler? I think they really don't have a choice. Uh, what are their options? Uh, Marcus Mariota, um, they missed out on the St- Stafford sweepstakes. You know, I played with the late, great uh, Steve McNair. And Steve McNair was a guy who injury uh, catalog was, was huge. His injury file was huge, right? 
And when he wasn't willing to start taking those type of hits, when the the hits finally took a toll on him, he wasn't the same quarterback the second year that we had him. When I look at Ben Roethlisberger, what has always made him great, that he was willing to stare down the barrel of the gun and still deliver the ball. He was willing to have those off-schedule plays. He was willing to stand there and fight, swat defenders down, hang it off his leg. He's not willing to do that, Kia. You understand, you know, that's what made him great. And now I think now he's a guy that's chucking and ducking. And when you start flinching, when somebody swing at you, then you've already lost because he's not the player that he's been before. But what does the, what do the Pittsburgh Steelers do? So now they're trying to have Dwayne Haskins as a uh, rehabilitation project, hoping that maybe he can learn something from Ben Roethlisberger in one last year because that salary cap, whether they restructure or not, is still $23 million in dead money. Barb, what should the Browns do with OBJ? Does it make sense to move him as an asset if you get something in return, or does it make sense to keep him? I, I, I would release him, man. I mean, listen, when you look at it, this was the year that we all touted when you look at his salary, that it was an easy out when it's not a lot of dead cap money. You know, We knew that this was the year. The team is better without him. And I think this team is more focused when they understand who their number one receiver is and Landry and working around those tight ends and, and Hooper and um, Nujoku. I think that sometimes – it's not about how many great players you have. It's about, you know, everybody having and playing their role. And I think that he just doesn't know his role. Mm. Bart Scott joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zuban. 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 Bart, let me ask you this, though. So Cam still believes that he's a starter in this league, and I believe that he still is one of the 32 top quarterbacks in the league. He may be – on the lower side of that, but right. what do you think? So I think it's going to take somebody that's willing to know the intangibles that he brings. Now, I understand that New England may know that, but it's just not a natural fit there for the weapons that he has to throw to him. We look at all these great receivers that are going to get tagged. Where do New England get the assets and the athletes around Cam that he needs to be able to flourish? Guys that has a huge catch radius that's going to win the 50-50 balls. I think the natural fit is down in Washington with Riverboat Ryan going to a place and a man that has had success with him. And what happens when you get in trouble, you go and you look for your friends, guys that you can trust in the foxhole. Guys is going to give you the benefit of the doubt. And right now, I think that that's Riverboat Ryan. I think his skill set with that running game with McLaurin, you know, as a great young receiver, getting more weapons, having assets, maybe letting Alex Smith go gives them the ability to spend some money in free agency. You took a hometown discount, I think, with the Jets in free agency. And K.J. Wright of the Seattle Seahawks says there is no hometown discount (laughs) coming with him. What did you make of that? I know we don't like to count other people's money, but – uh, you know. it's, it's time for him to cash in. He played at a high level. He knows he only has a, a couple more opportunities to get a bite at the apple. You know, I didn't take a hometown discount for the Jets, not one bit. Uh, now, what I did do is the Ravens offered me the same contract, but Ozzy did give me some of the injury deprivation uh, guarantees in it. And I went with my buddy, you know, somebody that I trusted because John uh, Harbaugh had just got there, and I knew that I wanted to write my story with Rex in New York. Mm, that was easy. There you go. Interesting perspective there. We'll wait to see what happens. There's so many questions, whether it's Cam, whether it's Ben, what's going on with OBJ. And Bart, hit us with all of it. You can catch more of Bart's opinions on ESPN Radio with his partner, Alan Hahn, noon to two weekdays, and of course, streaming on ESPN Plus as well. Bart, thanks for the honesty. Always bring it. I holla. You took a long time a few times. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay, man. Listen, you better stop it, Smoke. Don't start no smoke. I'm on my way out.
It's all good. You're a habitual line stepper. We already gave that. <laughs> oh yeah, Apollo Creed his taco meat was uh, really interesting oh, last week on our stop. on our show. Yesterday. I oh, forgot this. This is yes. a more different program. I apologize. <laughs> no worries. For lunch, I didn't know it was such thing as a more different program. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> spell it, Keyshawn. <laughs> Zuban. Yes, spell it. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zuban presented by Progressive <laughs> Zuban Insurance. All of our guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, including the one and only Bart Scott. On the way, the Browns, we know where they're headed. So why would they consider trading Baker's best weapon? And what is a guy that competed his entire career with Ben Roethlisberger in the division? Think about the likely return next year. That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Odell to Tampa Bay to play with Brady would make all the sense in the world. You asked me if they could win a Super Bowl again. If this is anywhere close to true, the answer is 1,000% yes. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Most pressing concern at the moment, of course, is the status and condition of Tiger Woods. So let's get you up to date on everything we know at this very moment. The result of the single car crash was multiple open fractures to his right leg. A rod was placed in his tibia, screws and pins into his ankle emergency surgery at the Harvard UCLA Medical Center in Torrance, California, about 9 to 10 miles away from the crash site. Part of the reason they went there is because it's a level one trauma center. All of this information on the surgery, courtesy of Dr. Anish Mahajan. A statement was also released that's saying Tiger's, quote, currently wake responsive and recovering in his hospital room. We will continue in the final hour of the program to go out to the scene to Southern California to get the very latest for you. But that is the latest with Tiger Woods at this moment. Latest, greatest escape from Luka Doncic came last night. Mavs over the Celtics, 110-107. Luka hit the go-ahead shot with 15 seconds to go. Jalen Brown came right back with nine and a half ticks to go. Tied the game, but they left Luka with the opportunity, and he wins it with .7 to go. Incredible. And speaking of incredible, for Black History Always, we honor 
the incredible Kamaru Usman in March of 2019 at UFC 235. He became the first African champion in the UFC. Known as the Nigerian Nightmare, he dominated Woodley Ooh. that night. He's oh. watching some of the footage here on TV. God. He is something Good Lord. else. I'm not trying to be hit like that, Keith. Yeah. Nope. Not a lot of body fat there. Not a lot of body fat there. Usman born in Nigeria. I mentioned the Nigerian Nightmare. Then immigrated with his family to Texas, the Arlington area there, North Texas. He is a bad, bad man. One of the most talented guys to ever step into the Octagon Sports Center, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's Home Quote Explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. That's obviously going to be a really big question in the NFC, whether Odell would go from the AFC and go back to the NFC, of course, starting his career with the Giants, maybe with the Bucks. We're going to hone in on the AFC in just a moment with Joe Thomas, who may have been one of the best players at his position in the history of the NFL and the ultimate Ironman up until that final season. He had gone 16, 16, 16, 16, all the way through. And we'll have him in just one moment. Key, I think the first thing we're going to hit him with is the news that a guy that he essentially shared a division with for the entirety of his career, because Ben predates him by several years, almost seven years, that Ben is likely going to be back for an 18th year. They're going to have to work out the particulars. But it does seem after his meeting with the owner, Art Rooney II, the team president, that Ben will be back. It seems crazy to ask this because he's a two-time Super Bowl champion and he can start writing his speech to Canton right now for what he's meant to the organization. Good idea to have him back? I, I think so. I mean, when you look at it, what else is out there, right? I options, mean, right? what are the options? The options are limited. I think when, when we heard this notion that all these quarterbacks were going to be moving around, that's every single year. We hear, oh, quarterbacks are going to be moving around. And then things dry up real quick because people start to look at what they really truly have mm-hmm. in the building. And in this situation – you look at Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins, and then you look at Big Ben and you go, well, okay. he was 11-2. and two. And you go, uh, well, you know, in a pandemic, so let's, let's slow it down. Maybe we come and we talk to him about taking a, a reduction on his pay. Right. And then we bring him back, and then it's a year-to-year, game-to-game situation from there. Indeed. It is always, as they say, a good morning to talk football. Let's welcome in Joe Thomas, the NFL Network analyst. You can catch him on Twitter at JoeThomas73, NFL Network, and to follow his musings at JoeThomas73. And I must say, one of the best podcast guests out there, ESPN or not. You get him for an hour, it's great stuff. We'll get him for about... Eight minutes. Let's roll. Joe, good morning. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Right before you joined, I asked Key about a guy that you spent your entire career with in the division, and that, of course, would be Ben Roethlisberger. Apparently, is going to be back for season number 18. So what do the Steelers need to do building around him to get back and win those multiple Lombardies with an S that he says he still Mm. wants to win? Uh, for them, it's all about reestablishing the run game. That was a big problem for them down the stretch because they were a team that just wanted to stand back there and throw the ball a hundred times every single game. And with Big Ben's elbow and with his age, it's not really the best strategy to just totally abandon the run game. And so I think when you look back at Pittsburgh teams of the past that have been really good, a lot of it has been about having a physical dominant run game that can set up some of those big throws down the field that Big Ben has done. And so I think just making it an emphasis, that was their biggest problem last year. They had they had no emphasis on the run game whatsoever. They had the personnel to do it, but it wasn't important to them. So make it important again. Focus on it in training camp during the season. Call the runs early on in the game. Show people that you want to be a physical-type offense. 
and I think that'll make them overall an offense much more dynamic and difficult to defend. Joe, speaking like a true 10-time Pro Bowl offense alignment, Run the football. Who cares about the receivers out there? Um, oh, well, that's not exactly my mentality because uh, really the run game is the complimentary. You have to run because you have to keep them balanced. But everybody knows you throw to score. No, I know. what. So let me ask you this. What will your Cleveland Browns have to do to overtake the Pittsburgh Steelers in the division? Well, honestly, I think they're right there. We saw what happened in the playoffs, and the Browns, you know, really, I, I think, proved to everybody by beating the Steelers in the playoffs that they are the young and up-and-coming team that really should be the favorite going into next season in the AFC North. And I think this offseason will be critical because the biggest holes in the Browns were uh, in their secondary and their linebacker position so I think if they're able to add some young players in the draft on defense and then maybe add a a piece or two in free agency I I think defensively they'll shore that up and their offense is is humming along right now Um, so just adding a little bit on defense I think will put them over the top Joe Thomas former Browns offensive tackle NFL Networks analyst joining us this morning on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Uh, Joe the Browns have a lot of offseason decisions to make Baker Mayfield fifth year option extending uh, Nick Chubb, the running back there. How should they handle Baker in his fifth-year option? Well, this year, Baker proved to everybody that he is the Browns franchise quarterback. Now, that doesn't mean he should be paid as the highest quarterback in the NFL, and I think that's the mistake that some of these teams were making a couple years ago. You look at the Jared Goff deal and the Carson Wentz deal, and it was like, hey, they proved they're a franchise guy. They proved that they're good enough with the right pieces around him that they can take this team and win a Super Bowl. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go and break the ceiling on quarterback pay in the NFL. So I, I think doing a smart deal with Baker should be the priority this offseason. But it's it's not a rush, right? Like the reason you do a, an early deal with a quarterback is to give your team some financial certainty and some flexibility to move the salary cap around, move that contract around to be able to sign other guys. But Baker still has the fifth-year option on the table that the Browns uh, are going to pick up. So you've got some time, and you could still franchise him. So if for some reason him and his representation are asking to be paid like the highest paid player in the NFL you can say hey let's pump the brakes here you know we love you we think you're our franchise guy but you haven't proven that you're deserving to be the highest paid player in the NFL yet they've got time don't don't force the issue and put yourself in a situation like the LA Rams or the Philadelphia Eagles did Joe I need you to play a game with me you Joe Thomas are part of the upper management crew for the Cleveland Browns Keyshawn Johnson is J.J. Watt you're calling him. What is your sales pitch to get him to come to Cleveland? All right, here, here's my sales pitch. JJ or Keyshawn, however you want to look at it. <laughs> you have had one of the greatest defensive careers in the history of the NFL. Three-time defensive player of the year. You're surefire first ballot Hall of Famer. We know that the one thing on your resume that you don't have is a Super Bowl. And we understand that that's going to be a huge part of picking your next team. Well, how about winning your first Super Bowl of your career with a team that has never won a Super Bowl. Oh, by the way, they have the most passionate and loyal fan base in all of pro sports. If you're able to do that, that is a mark on your resume that very, very few other people can say. And that is a legacy that very few people can say. And you're going to have an opportunity 
to make and take a franchise that was once proud, that had a lot of dark years in the 90s and when I was there into the 2000s, and bring them back to the glory of the NFL championships that they had in the 1940s and 50s and when Jim Brown was there. People will remember you, and that is a legacy that very few other players in the NFL would have. I just, wow. Wait, wait, wait. Follow-up question from the media here for general manager Joe Thomas. <laughs> do you guys bring OBJ back? What do you do? Yeah, I think you definitely want to bring OBJ back. Of course, you know, the caveat as well, if somebody offers you a King's Ransom, you got to listen to him, and, and that could possibly happen. But I think – Baker Mayfield really started figuring out this offense with Kevin Stefanski midway through the season. And unfortunately that's about the time when OBJ got hurt. We have yet to see Baker at his best in this Kevin Stefanski offense with a healthy Odell Beckham. And I think that's something that is very exciting. And I think that's something that you definitely want to see next season with the caveat that nobody else would throw a ton of draft picks to be able to take Odell from you. Joe, I signed with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals just so that you know. I'm not going to go to the Browns. Um, the sales pitch didn't do it for you, Key? No, no, no. I'm just te- I'm teasing. Big, I'm teasing Big Joe. He knows that. Hey, so you've been a big fan of Carson Wentz and, and supporter of his. What should we expect from Carson now that he's in Indianapolis? Should we see 2017 Carson or 2020 Carson? Well, I think what you're going to see is something a lot closer to the 2017 version of Carson Wentz because everybody's seen the talent. The guy's got potential. He's got plenty of arm. He's smart. He's accurate. Like, he can move around and make plays with his feet. He's got all those uh, things that he needs in his game to be a great quarterback in the NFL, and he proved that he could do it. But the problem is what's between his ears. Like, he's a guy that uh, with – struggled with confidence like that was the big issue and in Philadelphia he didn't feel like he was loved after Nick Foles took his team and won a Super Bowl and his relationship with Doug Peterson fizzled there especially towards the end because he wasn't really good at taking that hard coaching and he was looking over his shoulder at Jalen Hurts and so he's a guy that a little bit mentally is is soft and has a hard time dealing with all those things that happen around you sometimes as a quarterback and so I, I think Having that experience is going to toughen him up a little bit. And then also going in Indianapolis, it's a much better situation for him. And he's going to be in Indianapolis with coaches that he's familiar with, that he feels like they're in his corner. And I think that can do wonders for uh, a player's confidence. And at the quarterback position, confidence is so much a part of what you do because the decision-making process and your ability to make quick and decisive and correct decisions from the quarterback position is probably the most important attribute of any quarterback that's what's made tom brady great for all these years yes he's accurate yes he's got a great arm but it's that smartness and that ability to make those quick decisions that can take you from being a bottom five quarterback to a top five quarterback and i think just that environment that carson's going to be surrounded with indianapolis so much better for a young player who has a little bit of a fragile confidence right now um, that i think we're definitely going to see a reversion to the good Carson that we saw earlier on in his career. Yeah, couldn't agree more. He's back with Reich. He's back with Press Taylor, his QB coach, which is underrated. And you're right. He's got that personality, North Dakota, a little bit easier to deal with the media in Indy than it was in Philadelphia, especially when you're struggling. Once again, Joe Thomas, NFL Network Analyst at Joe Thomas. 73, Joe, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Joe. Cool, thanks, guys. All right, Joe. He was as good as it gets, right? I mean, as a player, wow, he was as good as it gets. Those 10 Pro Bowls certainly do 
ram when home. When the Pro Bowl was that real. Point. Right, when, when it wasn't the mm. fifth alternate. I, made the Pro Bowl. I almost made the Pro Bowl last year. I never played in the NFL. On the way, it was one of the feel-good stories in all of the NFL that after yesterday doesn't feel quite as good. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Huh. That's our man in South Carolina. If you're watching on TV on South Street, we got a couple people out there getting some intense cardio in New Yorkers, man. It's going to be a nice day today here in New York, but it's the city that never sleeps. They wear shorts. It's 40 degrees. <laughs> Key, have you guys ever boxed? Do you do, you do boxing workouts, Zubin? No, I didn't do any. We of have that. to do a boxing workout together. It will be the best workout you have ever done. Okay. Hey, you guys don't look excited about it. All. Zubin's like, I'm not. Look, Zubin's look, like, I'm not doing you that. See, Zubin went right to his phone, and I'm like, okay, yeah, like, it's, uh, yeah. That, that works great for us. Uh, yeah, we'll. Well, I'll tell you what, boxers, as you know, are the toughest dudes on earth, and I think you have to add to that list. Alex Smith, but this feel-good story, the NFL's comeback player of the year when nobody thought he could come back, seemingly Alex Smith himself. The feel-good story of coming back, starting, getting your team to the playoffs, having to miss the game, and then seeing Tom Brady eventually vanquish you on the way to winning the Super Bowl. A story that nobody thought would be authored. But there was a story authored yesterday in GQ magazine, and here's the headline. Alex Smith on his comeback. I never thought it would happen which is interesting because apparently neither did his employer, the Washington football team. This is a great piece in GQ magazine that you can check out online right now. As, as Key said, when I bailed on the boxing, I was looking at it right now. It's by Clay Skipper, and you can find it. Just put it into Google. Here's the money quote from the piece, guys. And this is interesting. We were all talking about this yesterday, and I had a viscerally different reaction than you guys did, and I don't think that's in any small part because you guys played the game and understand what this means. But this is Alex Smith to GQ as part of this article. Quote, When I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench in the team's plan, Smith told GQ magazine. They didn't see it, didn't want me there, didn't want me to be a part of it, didn't want me to be on the team, the roster, didn't want to give me a chance. That's some honesty from a guy who usually has played it pretty straight and down the middle his entire career. And I'll be honest with you, even though he had an amazing comeback, I'll take nothing away from what he did, a Herculean effort to come back, it it dampens a little bit for me knowing that the team wasn't as in on him as he was on himself. Well, really? I, yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you're looking at it from a fan's perspective. And as I said, you guys totally see it. Yeah. And I would yeah. look at it more so as somebody that's in the building on a daily basis, mm-hmm. given the, the, the injury and people recovering from certain injuries that's, you know, uh, career-threatening. I mean, he – Think about it, conversations of amputation, 
uh, infections, things of that nature. And so when you look at the Washington football team as an organization, there was no hope for Alex Smith to return back to farm to play football. The only hope was for him to return back to health and be able to walk and maybe play with his kids, and that's it. So him coming back and saying, okay, I'm rehabbing, I'm feeling well, despite what the doctors and the medical people were telling them Mm -hmm. in the organization, you're not going to believe that because you saw it with your own eyes. I mean, like, think about it. Like, (laughs) Joe Theismann decided, even though medicine was different when Joe played versus Alex, he decided, nah, that's that's enough. Nobody really will try to come back from that type of injury. And and very few, I'm sure, have come back to that type from that type of injury just to walk. And now he's playing football. So yes, you gotta put your plans in store, Jay, to move forward, to try to continue to find quarterbacks to take his place. But good for him that he was able to do it. Look, I get it from from his perspective. You always want to stay motivated. Um, you want to prove that you can be there. You can still play the game at a high level. But I, I don't think people internally at the Washington football team were rooting against Alex Smith. I think people were just extremely hesitant as hell because they don't want anything catastrophic to happen to Alex Smith in the rest of his life. You know, Key, you said a, a career um, you know, a career threatening injury. That's almost a life threatening injury. That too. Two years, Zubin. Yeah. 17 surgeries, 17. And like he said, talks of a leg amputation. Yeah, I'm worried about you. If somebody hits you with the leg the wrong way at a different angle or you're in a pile and somebody, you know, hits you with the elbow, that that can affect your life. Just not on the field, your life. Yes, I think there should be extreme concern. So I, I get what Alex Smith is saying, but this is also business at the end of the day. And Ron Rivera and company have to do what's in the best interest of the business of the Washington football team. And you certainly don't, you certainly don't want something like that on your watch when you're an organization yes. as a head coach or a general managers, you know, people that make these decisions. You're like, hold on, just sit tight. <gasps> you know, let's get healthy first. And I'm sure as he was making the progress to coming back, they started to look at it and go, you know, this dude might actually really – play football again, mm-hmm. but we've already drafted Dwayne Haskins and we've already traded for this player, resigned that player. What do we do? He's on our books. Well, let's see what happens. And they work him out. He goes through training camp. He goes through stuff and they sit there and they go, well, he may be able to play. What do you think? Oh, I don't know. You seem throw the ball. Man, he looks good. And that just, that conversation continues to keep happening, even though, you tried to play Kyle Allen and you tried to play Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. while he sat there and said, I'm going to wait my turn. And then he goes five and one for yep. the Washington football team and they backdoor into the playoffs, although they drew the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they really didn't have a fighting chance. Right. They also had Taylor Heineke in that game. Um, he did yeah, t- say. T- yeah, t- yeah, I forgot about Heineke. Right? He said he thought he was going to hit the wall before he actually made it back to Key's point when you're looking at him. This is Alex Smith also in the piece, which I encourage you to check out. Quote, it was really scary when I finally got the clearance right before camp from all the doctors. I got this big round of imaging done and all the doctors, all the military doctors, all my doctors here in D.C. were like, you're good to go. I never thought I'd hear those words. They were like, if you want to play football again, you can do it. Even he was stunned to hear those words. And nobody was more invested than Alex Smith. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Any thought on where he might land next year in our final half minute here? I don't. 
I don't. Maybe he goes yeah. back. I don't know. I mean, this quarterback thing is, like I said, all of these guys that are available for the most part are all the same. Yeah. Except Deshaun Watson. Except Deshaun Watson. He certainly got some football left, and not even Alex Smith thought that would be the case. Much more in our final hour on the very latest surrounding Tiger Woods and his accident. That's on the way.